and we are on. Welcome back to another episode of Whatever Comes Up with Matan. I'm Matan. Uh, this is episode 10, uh, and we talk with Lil, Khalil Humphreys, a friend of mine who I met at the hostel here in Noosa yet again. He's a 26-year-old American guy from Buffalo, New York. Jesus Christ, I know. No, I'm kidding. Um, and we talked, we had a great chat. We talked about traveling and how he ended up in Australia on the working holiday visa and then the struggles of the beginning of his trip and almost wanting to go home and almost going home. And then we talk about the music festivals that were supposed to happen here and that were canceled and then what his experiences of being a DJ. And finally, we wrap it up with Australia versus America and whether or not Australia is smarter or luckier than America. So it's a great show, really fun interview. And, uh, yeah, we horsed around a bit in my car. So enjoy, guys. Thanks. I think, I don't know, there's, I, came out, I, I came out of the U.S. because I wanted to travel. I wanted to see the world. I haven't seen the world yet. So like, that's, that's still my mission. That's still my vision. And it's like, yeah, I would love to go back to uh, visit the family and everyone. Yeah. But um, like I tell my mom all the time, that it's like I will come back when I know that I can get back out, you know. Mm-hmm. Because like yeah, I just I just want to continue traveling. I want to continue going to uh, new countries, new places, experience new cultures, and you know learn new languages. Yeah. And continue to meet people from all around the world. Yeah, because have you really only been to Australia? No, I've been to uh, Thailand, France, Vanuatu. You've been to Vanuatu? Yeah. What were you doing there? I was just there for a week, just a quick little holiday, just because it's so close to Australia. You know a lot of the farm, the people out in the farms are Vanuatans. Yeah, uh, Vanuatu and Australia have a bit of um, a deal going on where they, they can come over to Australia to work the farms. They get screwed, though. Yeah, they do. <laughs> they have to work, like, they get, like, six-month contracts, and then... Yeah. And then it only comes out, their hourly comes out to even, like, less than ours. Yeah. Way less, I think. Yeah. <clears throat> but I was talking to um, some of the people on Vanuatu. Like, most of, uh, like, the, the taxi drivers in Vanuatu, what they did was they went to Australia for like six months, got the money, and then they came back and they, like, bought their taxis. Mm-hmm. And that's what they, they're doing. And that's like a sustainable business. Yeah, I think so. If you're in like uh, the main city. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, was it Port Villa. So you, so your trip, your trip didn't begin with Australia. It began with France. No, because um, like I went to France and then I can't. I went home for a week, a week or two, and then off to Thailand. Mm-hmm. I was in Thailand for a month, and I don't know. The plan was either spend, like, three months traveling around Southeast Asia mm-hmm. or, like, um, go back home right after Thailand. I wasn't sure. Like, those were my two options at the time that I was thinking. Mm-hmm. But um, after a month in Thailand, like, uh, like <clears throat> I ran into some financial trouble. trouble. Oh, really? So did you, what happened? Did you go to a ping pong show and you were paying to see, you know, you met a nice girl and then turned out she had a pimp and he Mm. wanted a lot of financial commitment from you. 
No. <laughs> no, no, okay. No. Just checking, just just making sure. No, I crashed a very expensive uh, motorbike. And why did you have an expensive motorbike? Uh, because I could afford it. Because <laughs> <laughs> you were balling out back then. I could afford it. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I crashed it. Uh, that took a big hit to my uh, financial uh, budget at the time. And yeah. then, obviously... Um, some of the medical costs. And oh, you were you were fucked up from that. Yeah, like a couple of bumps and bruises, but it was like, if you get if you tear your skin off in Thailand, that's a fucking commitment, you know? Because it's like, oh, it's so easy to get infected. Yeah, you, like... you can't even take a shower without the the water having such a good chance of infecting you. Oh, uh, wow, yeah. Really going <laughs> oh into the water. Were you wearing a helmet? Yeah, thankfully. Like, um... I, I never wore helmets when I was motorbiking in Thailand. Oddly enough, like, I remember that morning, like, I, I went out, got on my bike, and, like, rode down the street without my helmet. Mm-hmm. And then for some reason, I like, I just had the, the urge, I was like, you know what, like, let me go back and get my helmet. So I'm glad I did. Cause, um, God was looking out for you. Yeah. Do you believe in God? Um, I believe in God, but I don't think it's, like, the same God as, like, uh, like you're taught as, like, a Christian or... Do you think it's, like, Jewish the aliens or... and then we're they're, they're farming us for our consciousness? No. <laughs> 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 no, I think, well, okay. Yeah. I, like I can say, like God in the universe, and like to me, it's like the same thing, you know. Okay. I, I can use the universe and mean God. I can use God and mean the universe. So, so then, can you elaborate on that? Uh, <coughs> COVID. Yeah, Sorry. yeah, you really yeah. not good thing we're in this small I, enclosed. I put my mask on. Yeah, good thing oh. we're in this small enclosed space. I think no, I don't, I don't, I don't think that would stop me from <laughs> catching the COVID from you, because <laughs> you literally were at a super spreader event. <laughs> no, the the event wasn't. Just kidding! Just kidding! The event wasn't contaminated. To your knowledge, it wasn't. Ah well. Even though it seems you like you never they, know. Yeah, they Unless had a, everyone's getting tested every day. You never know. Yeah. Um, shit, I don't know, what, what were we talking about before I started asking uh, about God and like God and universe. stuff? No, but what were we talking about before that? Oh, um... Thailand. Yeah, well, yeah, so we're talking about your journey. I, sorry, I get distracted. No, it's right. Um, so you go to Thailand, you wipe out on the motorbike, you hurt your couple thousand dollars in the hole, um, I'm estimating, and then... You're facing the choice of having to return home. Yeah. Or... Or it was like... I met people who planned to go to Australia or had just came from Australia on a working holiday visa. Mm-hmm. And, like, before then, I didn't know, like, what a working holiday visa was and such, such. Yeah. And so, like, I understood I had an option... So it was just a matter of like, um, am I ready to go home yet, or can I like try to stick this out? And it had only been a month of traveling at that point. Yeah, 
And that was big for me because, like, all things were telling me to go home. Like, on top of crashing that bike, I also uh, broke my phone in a waterfall and lost uh, my debit and credit card. Oh, my God. So, like, I was having uh, my mom take money out of my bank account and, like, wire it to me. Mm-hmm. Or, like, um, sending people money on PayPal to take out for me. Mm-hmm. So it was a bit difficult doing that. Mm-hmm. But I remember I talked to uh, this one Brazilian girl, Noah. Noah. And, like, she just convinced me to keep going because she just, like, at that point she was traveling for nine months and she was telling me all the stories of, like, when she wanted to go home. Yeah. Because, like, something bad happened or she was, like, low on money or whatever, but, like, she just kept going and, like, she was always happier that she kept going because she always figured it out. Yeah, and then the, the longer you keep going, the more you figure, the easier yeah. it becomes to figure stuff out. Yeah, and, like, kind of the reason I went to Thailand solo mm-hmm. was, like, I just want to go and grow as a person and, like, see if I can, like, really handle myself and in situations that are unfamiliar and unfamiliar and challenging and, yeah, sometimes. And challenging is like when shit hits the fan is like what, can what are you, you gonna get, do yeah it's like can you figure this out yeah so i was just like at that point i was like nope i'm not ready to give up yet yeah so like yeah i booked my ticket to um oh i got the visa like Surely, uh, easy because you're American citizen. Yeah, like the visa like got accepted. Took a like week, almost right? Almost instantly. A couple of days, yeah. Yeah, a couple of days, and then set myself to uh, to uh, Australia. Mm-hmm. Got to Australia, went to a little country town just off the Sunshine Coast called Birwa. I had a work away there. Oh yeah, I, I used to do work away. Yeah, which work away, if people don't know, it's just like you work for accommodation. Yeah, you're somebody's slave in exchange for food and services. <laughs> no, yeah. it's it's awesome. You should try it. That, I used to have a membership, but I like I let it expire. Yeah. Um, and so, did you have any of those challenging moments while you were here? Oh, for sure. Where you were ready to go home? Yeah, for sure. What were some of those? Like um. Uh, like when I got to Australia, I ended up staying at that um, that workaway for at least like three months, I think. Mm-hmm. Finally, got my feet on the ground a little bit, and decided to move down to Brisbane because I had a little sales job opportunity there, mm-hmm. and I could move into the house with the the sales team. So I did that. Still didn't have much money but i was just like that was good because i was gonna make money mm-hmm. but then i get there and i kind of figure out that this job is like a bit of a trap how so because it's like you're you're selling it was you're selling um paintball tickets to to just random people like they had um different stalls set up in different places like on the street and commercial shopping centers and mm-hmm. such and such and you got to sell paintball tickets and um they don't really provide much training for selling 
And what they do with the new people is they always put them in the, the shopping centers. And with the shopping centers, it's like you kind of have to pay rent to be there. So it's like the rent normally comes out of your your sales. And what they do is they they put these new people in the shopping centers during like um slow slow hours. Mm-hmm. So you pretty much build up a debt that you owe this company. Oh, so it's like you a know? pyramid scheme. I I want to say a pyramid scheme, but just like it's a scheme. It's, it's, a, it's a bit of a scheme. Yeah. It's a scheme. I can see like people like you. You can definitely, if you're a really, really good salesman, mm-hmm. and you know what you're doing, you could have definitely made that work. But at least for me, I knew like I wasn't a good salesman. I'm not really that much that good of a uh, speaker to people. Mm-hmm. So, like I saw that, and I was like, like I realized that they were gonna put me in a trap. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, like I wasn't really liking Brisbane as a whole. No, gross city. Yeah. So after like three days, I just said fuck this job, and I just caught a bus straight down to Byron Bay. Didn't even know what Byron Bay was. Like I just heard people talk about Byron Bay someday, sometimes. Wow, you didn't even know about the reputation or anything. Like no, that? not really. I like I, people said it was a nice place, but that's all I knew about it. Yeah. So I was just like, all right, let's go to Byron Bay. Maybe I'll go down to uh, Sydney after that. But let, let, let me go to this nice place for a few days and figure shit out. Yeah. And, like, I got to Byron Bay and I realized how expensive it was. <laughs> and, like, yeah, I've only had, like, a couple hundred dollars in my in my account. Yeah. My credit card was maxed out. And yeah, like um, I remember just at that moment, I'm was just thinking like, fuck, like it, it might be time to uh, ask my mom for that emergency ticket home, you know. Yeah. But then, like, I decided to just look on Workaway. Mm-hmm. That's when I found a guy named Tone, the guy like the guy I worked with. Or work for who does the sound of lighting for all these festivals. Yeah. Went to his property. He has a beautiful property. He's in with like a lot of the uh, music industry and everything. Mm-hmm. And from then on, like things just looked up. And he helped you find a job? No, he didn't help me find a job. It was just that kind of became my job. Yeah. Like I started, started as a. And he covered your food and accommodation. Yeah. And so you kind of were able to like get on your feet a little bit, and yeah. And then like yeah, I kind of proved myself as good value. Mm-hmm. So he started giving me more stuff to do for paid work, you know. Wow. And he started introduce- and you were living at his house too. Yeah, well, it was kind of like a bit of a community because he had a few other backpackers there too. And this was in the hinterland of Byron Bay. Yep. So yeah, that's when things so that was, was bad, and then looked up. Yeah, and you turned it around, and you, you know, then you got the bands up, started fucking DJing, and mm-hmm. the rest is history. So, so how did so you were gonna organize this music festival this last weekend? And can I <coughs> before we get into that, 
can I ask you, how did you even get yourself in the position to be organizing music festivals? And like, what exactly were you doing in your capacity for them? Well, I'm not, I wouldn't say organizing. I'm just part of a one of the crews that do... Uh, oh, I thought you put the whole thing together and you came up with the whole idea and oh, came up with the name. No, I'm fucking around. <laughs> Hell no, I wish. No, I'm just part of the Sound Aligning crew for uh, uh, two of the stages there. Yeah. And what festival was that? Rabbits Eat Lettuce. Rabbits Eat Lettuce. And why did they name it Rabbits Eat Lettuce? Is that the only... It's not like that's the only thing rabbits eat. You know, I think of when a rabbit eat something i think more of carrots than lettuce yeah i think you know why a rabbit eats lettuce no no i actually is there like a metaphor that i'm uh, missing <laughs> yeah when a rabbit <laughs> yeah <laughs> like lettuce is kind of a uh i believe like a psychoactive uh substance for rabbits so what actually i think so and that's uh, kind of the play on, and it's always during Easter, Easter weekend. So yeah, that's where the the rabbit comes in, and then it's the bush stuff. Wait, wait, is... wait! Hold on, hold on, hold on. Rabbits when they eat lettuce will have like a sight. Will they really trip? I don't know. I thought Which it was just it? being dumb, you know. Being dumb. Yeah, being silly, being being little silly boys and girls. <laughs> Do rabbits, yeah. So, so, so this uh, this festival, for those of you who aren't aware, was canceled because of COVID. COVID is here, as well, and uh, you were still there and you were partying. And um, how long have you been showing symptoms of COVID since you were at, at the <laughs> festival? <laughs> oh, immediately. Immediately. So, Immediately. and you came back to your hostel and you didn't report it to the yeah, authorities. Yeah, I'm spreading it all around. Yeah, I mean, that's the responsible yeah, thing to do. That's fuck a mask, you know. Yeah. And so I'm seeing on your phone right now that you looked up back to like do this. Yeah. Yep. So apparently, lettuce is like uh, opium for rabbits. Lettuce is opium for rabbits. Wow. I was expecting more like LSD, but it makes yeah, sense. It, it makes sense that because Jim, I don't think a lot of people are smoking opium at Rabbit's Eat Lettuce. No. Wow. Could you imagine if there was just a guy at a music festival, just like in a tent, just with an opium pipe, <laughs> just laying there smoking it? Would you ever smoke opium? <laughs> no. Why not? I'm good. I don't, I don't have a desire to. But why? I just don't. It's not something I feel like I what are the need dr- to or want to experience. What drugs, what drugs would you not do? Oh, I don't do drugs. Very wise answer, yeah. As your lawyer, as as your <laughs> lawyer, I would recommend the same answer. A good, good job. You passed the test. <laughs> um, I'm, a, I'm an athlete. I um, You're an play, athlete? I played American football all my life. I you did. Love to be in the gym, so. Drugs just don't appeal to me. No. But um, you are an athlete or you were an athlete? I'm still an athlete. Just not at the same caliber and title as I once was. Yes. And what's more important to you, being an athlete or uh, being a DJ? 
Why can't I not be an athletic DJ? (laughs) (laughs) Okay, okay. Fair, fair. All right. Now we're into career corner of the podcast (laughs) where I project my own lack of career (laughs) ambitions and goals onto you. So I'm going to ask you this question. I'm sure you've received it before. Where do you see yourself in five years? Um, I don't know. I'm just trying to make it to tomorrow. You're just trying to make it tomorrow? We'll see what happens tomorrow. What's happening tomorrow? I'm DJing tomorrow night at uh, Little Sisters at uh, 18th Hastings Street. Yeah, don't worry. Nobody that's listening to this is going <laughs> to have any idea what that means. Noosa heads. Yep. Nobody knows. Nobody knows what you're talking about. Come. And it's probably not going to be. Some fun. It's probably going to be drinks. uploaded after after the show actually happens. Okay, well I'll be there Friday night as well. Oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. That's good marketing. Um, um, I'm, I'm, you want some good hip hop, house, whatever, reggaeton. Reggaeton. If it's good, if it'll get people dancing to play. What's the worst song that you play? That I play that, the that song I that you hate like. the song that you hate the most, but you play it because you want the money. Anything I hate, like that, I hate that much. I just won't play. That's the but there's come on. There's got to be something. I mean, one time a couple of weeks ago, there was um. A group there that was pretty much on their the honeymoon, mm-hmm. and they were definitely from like a country area because that they only wanted me to play like these really slow country songs. I was hating that. I was hating that. And did they obnoxiously ask you to play these slow country songs? Uh, nah, they were pretty nice about it. Mm-hmm. But then I had a bunch of friends came in and wanted me to play techno, and I was just like, yep, let's make this switch now. <laughs> yeah. And did the, the good country folk take notice of that? Or yeah, were they... they took notice, and yeah, unfortunately, they left, but I feel I kept them there for a good long time, and yeah. Like, I clearly was not behind the DJ booth having fun. I had no energy at all playing that type of music. And, um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> American country music or, like? No, like, uh, Aussie country. Oh. It was, like, slow. Like, there's there can be good, upbeat country songs. Yeah, and th- they came up to you and they were like, it's our honeymoon. And- yeah, but they were, like... Everyone else was outside, and they were uh, they were like a group of at least like uh, say like eight to ten people. This so, doesn't sound like a honeymoon. It sounds more like a wedding party. Not not a honey. It was like I forgot what it was, but I don't know. It was something like that. Somebody just got married, and yeah, the, like they were like a group of eight to ten people in there. Um. And they were the only people in there, so I was like, "All right, let's get them dancing." Yeah. And um, and did they did they oblige and start dancing? Yeah, they're dancing. I don't know how they're dancing with a lot of energy. Such, 
No, because the music had no energy. But so they, they were, were slow dancing. They were slow dancing and singing along. Yeah. They were happy. Yeah. And they bought drinks. And they bought drinks, yeah. And and was your boss happy? Did he say, good job, Khalil? Yeah, they were pretty happy. But he didn't say the words, good job. <laughs> he said you killed it. He said you killed it. Yeah, after the Verbatim. That, that is what he said. Yeah. And and you have proof of this. You have you have I evidence. I, I don't have evidence of this. Uh, sorry. I don't have evidence. Mm. But it was a good night because like they that group came around uh, pretty close to the end of the night. Like mm-hmm. I would say, a DJ from uh, ten to two, they probably came around and I started playing their music around like twelve uh, thirty. Shut up, car. Sorry guys, we're in my car. Um, like twelve thirty to like one fifteen. Isn't that like, supposed to be like the craziest part of the night? Yeah, but what night was this? This was one. This was during the week, so oh, I think it was like a Wednesday night, so now, it wasn't that crazy. Now, now is Little Sister your favorite bar? I, I've got to come clean. I've never been there because uh, it just seems overwhelmingly full of Australian bogans. <laughs> And is this is this can you verify that as true or am I am I mistaken? Like Bogan's at Little Sister? Yeah, yeah. I went to the line once to co see your show, but then it was I was alone and I was like, oh, this is uh this is gonna be weird. Um Not really. No. But you don't talk to them. You don't waste your time talking to the audience. I mean, I'm DJ, so not really. Like, yeah. I mean, I can I can see who's there, like based on um, how they're dressed and how they're acting and how they're reacting to the uh, the music that's playing. But yeah, like I know, like I've definitely seen some bogans in there. Mm-hmm. But in general, I would definitely say it's uh, more of a younger, uh, more. You- Hipper, a younger crowd, yeah, hipper crowd. And um, what are the, what are the perks of being a DJ? Like, what do you think? Do you think it's gonna be? I guess take it back to career corner. Um, you think it's like a viable financial path for you over the next like however many years, or do you think it's ultimately gonna have to like come down to something else as well, or like a, you know different revenue streams? Um, I think <clears throat> at, at the point right now, I don't think it's uh, it's reliable to like be a standalone income source. Mm. So yeah, we definitely have to supplement that with uh, other revenue streams. But I do get paid paid pretty well as a dj it's mm-hmm. just the thing is um yeah you you get paid like how much are you telling me like yeah like 80 dollars an hour that's insane and you can definitely make that a career yeah like um if you're if you're finding clubs that um are open throughout the whole week mm-hmm. you know you play two nights here two nights there maybe a night and uh the next town over whatever mm-hmm. you know you're making a pretty good full come full-time income you know but like your that. life is on the road oh i guess not yeah i guess you could stick around the area 
yeah, like I have two gigs in Noosa this week, and then Saturday I'm going down to the Gold Coast for mm-hmm. a gig, which I, is Gold Coast is only what hour and a half from here. I guess. I guess my question is, um, do you see yourself doing this when you're like forty? When I'm forty, like, do you think it'd be weird to be? In, I don't know. I, I'm not trying to like come at you or anything. Uh, well, when I'm 40, like, if I've stuck with it that long, I will hope that I'm at like superstar DJ level, like, um, you know, like rest in peace, like a VT level, you know, like. Yeah. Oh yeah, torn, that guy died. Yeah, touring the world and. Yeah. Making two hundred thousand dollars for an hour set. <laughs> That's crazy. I wonder how much. What's the hourly status on that? Um, and do you think when you go back home to the United States that you would continue to DJ? Yeah, I don't see why not. Like right now, DJing is just a really fun thing that I like to do, and it just so happens that I get paid really well for it. So it's not really about the money. It's not really about the money because I would do it either way. Like, yeah. I, I really love doing like the uh, the bush stuffs and like uh, the festivals and stuff. What's a bush stuff for the, the listeners who might uh, not know what that is? Yeah, bush stuff is just you go deep into the woods and <laughs> much people gather around and you. You have a little mini festival yeah. DJ set in the woods, you know, off grid. And, yeah. Yeah. It's pretty cool, yeah. yeah. And I, I love doing those, but it's like... Those don't pay, though. Nah, those don't pay at all. Unless you're the one organizing the whole thing, yeah, exactly. which means and, you're taking and, on all the liability. Yeah, and if you charge a fee to come for people to come and join. Yeah. Have you ever organized anything like that? Um, Yeah, on a bit of a smaller scale, like uh, 200 people at a... My old boss's property, he has huge amount of land and we just went out back and um it was it was good because it was uh one of our workers uh birthday. Yeah. He was also leaving and then this was right after like um all the uh the big fires that were happening in um oh, yeah, I remember in that. Australia. Mm-hmm. And like it rained the night before, so everyone was like really, really happy and wanted to celebrate the rain. And so, yeah, that's how that came about. And it was just a small one-stage setup. We um, just put a DJ booth inside of a big TP, mm-hmm. some uh, lights and everything, which, like, uh, was really good because I worked for this sound and um, lighting company. So I pretty much had industry standard equipment to play with, mm-hmm. which was really good. And yeah, it was a bit of a successful venture. Didn't get shut down. No, nah, because it was it was pretty much like a private thing on private land. Oh, that so that they, we they couldn't really do anything know? about it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, cool. Switch gears for a second here. Uh, do you think that you have more opportunity in Australia or back in America? think in australia just because the way australia is australia just makes it so easier to just do things mm. like um 
Um, my God. <coughs> That's the COVID again. <laughs> like Australia just, um, if you wanted to pack your life up and go and move somewhere different, you can and get a job that exact day and get your feet on the ground that exact day, you know? Yeah. You can't do that in the States. It's too... You don't think so? The States is too uh, bureaucratic, you know? You don't... But you don't think if you, like, moved somewhere random and just tried to get some job and, and I don't know, like, farming or whatever, you just show up? I guess there's not really any hostile infrastructure that helps you yeah. find anything... Yeah, I guess there's not really any infrastructure because you can't live in a hostel. You have to live in a house. Yeah, exactly. You have to have a residential address to yeah. get a job if you want to be on the books, at least. Yeah, yeah. And it's not like you, and, and if you're doing that, you can't really afford to live in a hotel or anything for too long. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not. I guess you would kind of need your own car. Yeah. But even then, you're not really allowed to sleep in your car in the U.S. Yeah. There's no free camps. Yeah, yeah. I guess like for that kind of thing, for like more yeah. general labor. Like in, in Australia, you got like if you got a van, you're good. Even if you have a car that you can sleep in, you're good. You know? Yeah. You can go anywhere, set up your new life. It's pretty interesting that the definition of homelessness is very different here than mm-hmm. it is back home. Because yeah. like if you were doing, if you lived in a van back home, people would say, "Oh, you're homeless." Yeah. But here you just have a van. Yeah. It's sick and everyone's yeah. jealous. And everyone want, wants, your wants van. a van. <laughs> yeah. You live in a van? Oh, that's so fucking dope. Can I see? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow. Could you imagine? I wish I had a van. Like, I want a van just like this. Like, oh, man, just sleeping in my van every night, sleeping at the beach. Like, <laughs> yeah. But back, at, but would it be viable to have a van back in New York and live in it? Would that, even, like, in the winter, would that even be possible? In the um, summer, obviously, yeah. But well, when we say New York, yeah, we got a um, upstate New York, fucking Buffalo, <laughs> or wherever you're from, Western New York, Western New York. Oh yeah, not even <laughs> upstate New York, Western New York, man. Yeah, it's you can do it. Yeah, I don't see why not. Like I want, I want to know about in the in the city, New York City, but oh, that would yeah, that would be where impossible. I'm, where I'm from, like it's definitely possible, but again, I think you would pretty much struggle unless you have a residential address around there yeah you're not gonna find a good job yeah i mean i I really like the idea of when i go back home to go around with the van and or not not that i can not that i'll own a van but like a car and just camp everywhere but i I feel that that might be difficult compared to here yeah for sure i was thinking the same thing i'm like if i do have to go home which I know eventually one day it will come, no matter how hard I try to stay out. Yeah, are you are you gonna like are you gonna like stay here until the last visa of like any of the possibility is expired, or are you gonna go home early? That's the plan, cause right now Australia is the best place to be in the world, yeah, because of how they've handled uh, COVID, and um, like the economy's gone, so you can work. We're all working. Tons of jobs. Yeah. Uh, too many jobs right now so yeah i think australia is the best place to be right now and i'll exhaust every option i have Mm -hmm. to be here but um 
I I would love to get going and traveling again. Yeah. Like traveling the world. I have a friend who's in uh, Thailand right now and he just got there. So you yeah. just he just had to quarantine for two yeah, weeks. That's so. the thing. But then now he's going around, no mask, just chilling. I don't think COVID's that bad in Asia. Uh, did he um did they pick where he had to quarantine? I don't know. I, I talked to him about it like a couple of months ago, but before he went, but then ever since then, uh, I didn't really discuss it with him. That's the thing, because like Thailand is cheap, but they do have their expensive places, you know? Oh, like, yeah. They put you in an you expensive can... resort to quarantine. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure it could end up running up on you financially. Yeah. Um, so wait, so how much time do you have left on your visa at this moment? Um, my, I'm on my third working holiday visa and I'm here. So you've done six months of farm work. I've done six months of hospitality work. Oh, you bastard. (laughs) Easy. Just go up north, go to Cairns or something. And especially now there's plenty of work. Yeah. Um, Well, now nobody can come here though. So exactly. It's kind of irrelevant. Yeah. Like they were saying we have. Before COVID, there was like almost 200,000 backpackers here. Okay. And now there's almost 30,000. I thought it was le- even less than that. Maybe even less now. So I thought I thought there was uh, 15,000 backpackers or something. I, and maybe 15,000. But how yeah, does everyone, how do they even know what, what the numbers are? How can, how can they measure? I mean, I guess they estimate that there's usually around 100,000 backpackers here at any given time. I guess like they look through um, the active um, passports in the country. And yeah. Those passports that leave, you know. I'm just I'm shocked because my experience with the Department of Immigration here has been that they don't have any idea what they're fucking doing, <laughs> and, and they, it's like, I I just I'm amazed that you know every time I called them to even ask them a question about my visa, they would just refer to the website. And it's like, how do you work here? And you don't even know. Like, I who who writes the website if if you you know the people who work here don't even know what to do. Mm-hmm. So it's it's pretty incredible to me that it doesn't seem like the bureaucracy here is especially competent um, compared to back home. That is, yeah. Like it seems just as decayed as back home. Um, <laughs> you know, because like America is collapsing into decline and all of our institutions are failing yeah uh but slow slowly and that seems like it's happening here too but here everything just is fine it works <laughs> it's okay i don't know what do you think it is about i mean just be i mean it's an island obviously mm-hmm. but do you think there's anything special about the government or australians that made it possible because i'm i've been str- trying to find to decide if that's the case and can't really come up with anything something that's made it possible for them to be okay right now is that what you're asking why are they okay like why i mean besides them is it just like they're an island or is there something about the australian mentality that you think is sets a sets them apart from places like the united states or europe in terms of what in terms of like what in terms of their something did something in their mentality obviously we're just speculating but did something mm-hmm. in their mentality uniquely enable them to 
overcome COVID or did they just get lucky because they're an island and there's not as many planes coming here? I think, yeah, they're just an island. So I think uh, it was easier for them to manage. Yeah. And I don't know if it's an Australian mentality, but they just got on it quickly. They did. You know? Well, they do. They, they take care of them. They lock down after less than 20 cases. Yeah. Speaking of lockdowns, do you think that they made the right decision uh, canceling both the festivals? Or did the economic... Do you think the economic and social costs outweigh the potential health risks? Mm-hmm. Or the or did they make the right decision? Um, It's hard to say. Like, Obviously, I'm biased because I was working it and super keen to attend it. And yeah, festival. you were organizing it or participate. <laughs> you, you you invented the Rabbit Seat Lettuce Festival. No. I'm kidding. I can't take credit away from uh, the guy who runs it. His name is Eric. I can't take credit away from him. Eric, great guy. Yeah. yeah. Maybe you can get me a free ticket. I used to volunteer. They need heaps of volunteers right now. Yeah. But you think it's definitely... so? Okay, so we'll take it as uh, you think they made the right decision then. Like uh, them postponing the the festival. Yes, for COVID. Yeah, or do you think do you think COVID would have like been running wild there just to just for the background? There's there was like ten cases maybe in Greater Brisbane, mm-hmm. and then also Byron Bay, yeah, no. and a couple other places, right? Uh, yeah, I can I can understand them postponing. Yeah, but then again, like. I think they should have postponed for like a good month or two, yeah. not like for three weeks, because now you got a lot of people who can no longer attend this festival mm-hmm. because they they already called off one week of work and they can't go back to work and oh, say yeah. like, yeah, sorry, this festival didn't happen. It's happening in two weeks. You get another I mean, week I f- off in two weeks, you know? I feel like the people who got screwed for rabbits, it's not even as bad. Like, people for Blues Fest flew across the country, mm-hmm. and they, they, like, rabbits at least, it happened like four days before the festival was supposed to go down. Yeah. At Blues Fest in Byron, <laughs> literally, it was the night before. Oh, it was the night before. It's like if you, you know, I, I remember when they started announcing the cluster at the beginning of the week, I thought, OK, you know, obviously I don't want them to cancel it and I hope they don't. But if they are going to cancel it, they should cancel it now. Yeah. But no, they had to drag it out and wait. And then it's really funny because now the Blues Fest Facebook page is posting these really passive aggressive <laughs> things that it's like it would have been day three of Blues Fest. Like <laughs> if and there's been no cases in New South Wales for three days in a row. Yeah. So you would have seen Tosh Sultana tonight. <laughs> it's like, thanks, Blues Fest, for reminding me that I'm stuck at home in the rain. Are they giving refunds up? I didn't pay. I was a volunteer, but okay. They could refund me for that stupid parking camping pass I bought. That'd be great. I almost, sure, surely they have to get refunds out. Like, that's not fucking fair at all. I mean, I think the whole festival is going under. I think Jeez, surely it is. I think it is because it's like the second year in a row. So I don't think they can take that financial hit. Yeah, but no, that's fucked up. There got to be something against that because it's like they promised people this festival. And like, yeah, 
that they had to shut it down because of COVID. But it's like, well, who should be reimbursing it? The government? They shouldn't. People had. flew. People like took planes and yeah, and drove but, hours just no, to for nothing. At, at least the tickets that needs to be refunded. Yeah. Ticket sales and camping sales. I just hope this is the last year of COVID, man. I really, really I mean, I no, I was probably wrong. It probably isn't. But it seems like if everything goes well, you know, by this time next year, things should be much better. Seventy-five percent of the population is going to be vaccinated by September, at mm-hmm. least in the U.S. Here, they're way behind, but yeah. here it's not anytime soon. But yeah, but we don't need it as much here. No, it's fine. It's fine. Yeah. But I mean, would that be something that would entice you to go back to America sooner? If if like there's festivals again and no, <laughs> no, that's not no. enough. Yeah, uh, and I'd love to continue this more, but we are almost out of time for oh, when right. the car. It's getting fucking hot in this car. It's really hot. <laughs> so uh, thanks for coming on. And uh, no worries. Thanks for having me. Yeah, follow follow Khalil or Lil at uh, I don't know. I'll put I'll put it in Lil X B I T underscore. Well, oh, you Lil Nas X. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> uh, all right, and happy Tuesday, everybody. Bye. Happy Tuesday.